Mr. Downton. Mr. Downton. Yeah. Um, Mr. Pete. Mr. Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it, but it's a real word. Is Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, also featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, night pod! It's a hot pod! <laughs> so this is Ooh, funny. It's a hot pod. McKelly uh, didn't let anybody know this on Monday, but the room he was in was scorching hot. And now Alex is in a scorching hot room himself. And so I'm just, yeah. <laughs> my podcast has turned into me talking to dudes in hot rooms. <laughs> yep. I'm in an eight by eight room with a, uh, air machine, air conditioner blowing. Uh, we do not have central air. So I have a floor unit and uh, it was 84 when I got in here down to 79 right now. Feeling pretty good. <laughs> so you should be getting a better version of Alex as the time goes on here. Uh, okay. So the good people, at our thunder on reddit have uh helped us with some content today we have a mailbag so those of you that are a part of the reddit community there we thank you for participating we thank uh you guys for giving us questions there's one question here that we won't answer it has to do with <laughs> pizza crust and uh somebody that has some trouble with his mom and I just, you know, my, I guess my advice to you is just get things right with your mom, man. That's all I got to say. Okay. First question is from the blue plunger. Is there any expectation that Steven Adams will add anything to his offensive game this coming season? He seems to add something a little new every year. What do you think? Uh, I, I think that anything he might add would be as a result of him just getting more touches yeah. Or and or him just having a little bit more space. Um, especially did you did you listen to the low post, Andrew? Yeah. Have you listened yet? From today? Yeah, with Royce on it? I did, yeah. And I and then I text Royce the whole time. Royce, you're on the low post, just over and over again. <laughs> but well, yes. I thought the most interesting thing was that when Zach asked him who he thought was going to be the starting power forward, and without hesitation, he said Patrick Patterson. Mm-hmm. Which I was happy to hear, but I'd assume that it'd at least be a toss up between him and Grant going into training camp at least. But mm-hmm. to hear Royce, who we know is very well connected to hear him just yeah. jump right out and say, Patrick Patterson, I thought that was a good sign. And that yeah. kind of goes along with this Steven Adams idea of him having more space. If he's playing with Patrick Patterson a little bit more as opposed to Mello, who yes, did take three pointers, but he also did a lot of like mid range and post ups. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that not only offensively will Adams get a boost, I think defensively his assignments just will not be as tough this year. There's not as many bad players out there on the court defensively. And so, you know, Schroeder and Russ will probably be like the two weakest links as defenders. And so, and he's had to cover for Russ his whole career. So he knows just exactly what that's like. But to have a power forward that's going to be able to do his job, if Dre, everyone just acts like Dre's coming back and he's going to be fine, including Dre, including the Thunder. I remain pretty skeptical until I see him out there playing at a high level, but everyone thinks he's going to be ready. So that's a, that's a big one for me. But I just think if his defensive assignments aren't as difficult, that he's probably going to have more energy on both ends and... I don't know that he'll shoot threes. I think that basically what this is getting at is, are we going to see a corner three from Adams? I think the answer is no for this year. I just, I think that he could do it. I think he's got that in him. I just don't know if he's ready to bust that out yet. And I would just guess that the answer is no. I just think that he'll get more touches. He'll be able to do kind of the same type of stuff. And I, I don't think there's going to be like this progression with him and I could be dead wrong, but I don't think we'll see a progression where he's going to shoot like a 15 footer and then a corner three. 
I think that he's just going to go straight from scoring around the basket, you know, scoring in the paint to also shooting corner threes. I don't, I think that he, he thinks the game at a really high level and knows that if he's not like a LaMarcus Aldridge level shooter from there, that he's, it's just not worth shooting that shot. And so I don't know that we'll see much different from him. I just think that he'll overall just be better. I think he'll be more polished. I think that the things that you've seen will be better. I think that maybe his passing will be a little bit better just because he may get a little bit more opportunity. And also I think that Paul George is going to be a better basketball player this year. Uh, just from the reports that Tim Bontemps had today that he had all that fluid drained off of his elbow, that that's taken care of, that he feels better than he has in a long time on and off the court. I think that that will make an impact and having two pick and roll partners no matter who's on the court, it's Russell or if it's uh, Schroeder, I just think that that will make an impact for, for Adams too because he's been one of the best pick-and-roll centers in the NBA. So I think there's just an opportunity for him to just have more of a featured role and just be better, period. But as far as seeing something new, uh, I don't know. I think the corner three is kind of the is one of the last little pieces that he'll have for his offensive game. I'm not sure that he can expand much further than that, but it'll be interesting to see. I'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. Got to go down to the press. It's been great weather and they don't have this ready yet, but keep your eyes peeled for a patio that will be ready at the press uh, sometime in the near future. Uh, Keep that in the back of your head because I'm sure a lot of you won't be able to go to the press for a little while, but think about that because it's going to be amazing. The weather has been great here in Oklahoma city. It's been so weird. It's been so nice here in July. Uh, but it's a good time to go get yourself something fresh and the press has you covered with their Cobb salad. I've had it. It's amazing. Just the most fresh ingredients. It's delicious. Also go for their chicken fried steak. If you want something a little heavier, uh, some comfort food, man, that chicken fried steak and mashed potatoes and green beans. It's just where it's at. So, so good. Uh, always go for their classics in my opinion which are their mac and cheese. You can get their buffalo mac. You can get it with barbecue. It's amazing. It's a whole dish. You can get it as a side as well with whatever you're having. I got the... I just can't stop talking about it. I'm sorry. The veggie burger with a side of mac and cheese. You won't regret it. I challenge any of you who think that that the veggie burger is not a good idea. Go get it with a side of mac and cheese. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed should send me a little message on Twitter and let me know how good it is. Please support the people that support down to dunk eat at the press. All right. Next question. User Whipperado says if Russ has reduced minutes, 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 <laughs> minutes, minutes, which seems possible with Schroeder and Felton. Do you think we might see more emphasis from him on defense? You know, I think that's been something that we've discussed in the off season for forever. It feels like, you know, oh, this next year they're going to be able to stagger uh, Paul George and Russell, and Carmelo is going to be able to soak up these minutes. Maybe Russell won't have to play as much, and he won't have as big of an offensive load, and he can really just focus on, you know, distributing and scoring, and then defense, and it's going to be awesome. And then we get to the regular season. It's like, oh, well, he's still not closing out on anybody. <laughs> oh, and he's still just dying on that screen. I, I just don't think you're you're in the league 10 years. I just don't think that those habits just go away overnight. I think that he can lock in. We've seen it. He'll lock in in the playoffs. He can, he'll lock in for the right regular season game. But I think that we're, we're not going to see a different Russell on defense. So I would love to see it, but... I think if you're counting on that, you're kind of kidding yourself. Yeah, I was, uh, I thought of this question when I was searching Jamal Crawford, OKC on Twitter. Um, not because I have any interest in Jamal Crawford, but I was trying to think like, even if you are someone who wants Jamal Crawford or, or I saw another poll from Thunder Chats today. It was like, who would you rather have, Nick Young or Jamal Crawford? Oh, uh, no. But I think if you, if you want, if you would even think that you'd want one of those guys, you have to think about, like, where are they getting any minutes? Because now mm-hmm. with Schroeder on the team, like, we, we we're talking about Russ having reduced minutes. So he played 36 minutes per game 
last year, I could see him going down to like 34, honestly, like, Mm -hmm. or maybe like, could you really see Russ playing 32 minutes a game? That sounds crazy, but maybe it's possible, but like, it's possible, especially now that they have, they have Felton and Schroeder. And I, I don't, and I know they want to get minutes for the, for these other wings. It's, it's possible. And almost, I think it'd be ideal. And I think 36 minutes was a necessity last season. Just because right. the on and off numbers, like they just that tells the whole story. But so if you are only playing, let's say he's only playing 32 minutes a game. So that gives you an extra 16 minutes of the point guard that you have to split between Felton and Schroeder. And then Schroeder's obviously going to get at least 10 minutes, probably a game at shooting guard. And then you still have Abrinas, you still have Ferguson, you still have Robertson. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know where they would play a guy like Jamal Crawford. Like, you could play him maybe like eight to ten minutes a game, I guess. Yeah. And Jamal Crawford was maybe the worst defender in the NBA last year. I think he did have the worst, he was. worst DRPM last year. I mean, the dude, the dude is not... He, he's 38 years old. He can still look young when he's walking around as a human and he can also dribble the ball and he can jack up shots, but he, I mean, he's basically skinny Raymond Felton and I'd rather just have thick Raymond Felton on our team and not skinny Raymond Felton. Let's just get that out of here. I think this also kind of ties into another question that somebody had about, okay. Yeah. This is from at Dennis Emery T. Ty B, T Bay. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I did it so bad. His question is, will Burton and Diallo get minutes? And so I think that ties in with kind of the conversation that we're having about Russell having reduced minutes because you look at every position, Russ, Schroeder, those guys definitely soak up a ton of minutes. There's really no minutes to be had at that ball handling position. You have Felton, who's not only going to take minutes, at Felton and Schroeder not only going to take minutes at the one, they're going to take minutes at the two as well. And so if you have a healthy Andre Robertson, he's going to take a ton of minutes himself because the Thunder need him out there. And then basically I feel like you have room for one of Ferguson, Abrinas, or Diallo to be playing the two guard at what, like eight or 10 minutes a game at most. And so one right. of, one yeah. of those guys, and then you go to small forward and maybe Diallo can play a little bit of, three i think ferguson's too skinny i think abrinas is is not fit to play the three against most guys i think that your paul george takes most of those minutes and then i think that really tlc will be the backup three and that's where i see if if things go well deontay burton can maybe steal minutes there if there's any room for any minutes it's at the three but if robertson's healthy there's really not because robertson can slide over and play the three so to me, if if Diallo or Burton are going to play it all this season, it's it's going to be because Robertson's not healthy or he can't play a full game because Robertson's going to going to have minutes at the two and the three, and then they're going to they're going to really emphasize Ferguson and Abrinas really. And so I'd be surprised if those guys got significant burn. It would be similar to what it was years ago whenever Jeremy Lamb and Perry Jones and Reggie Jackson and their first and Reggie's first year would get off the bench and you'd kind of have this Thunder U off the bench. And it's going to be similar to that where you can play Diallo and if Burton's activated that night, he can play. Uh, but you're not going to see them play regular minutes. There's just not any room to have them. So I uh, I don't know what you ha- what your thoughts on those two are, but they were... I think some of that comes from that YouTube video that was released yesterday where you got to see them practice with Russell and get a little off season run at UCLA. And it was, it was fun to watch. You can see the potential of Diallo. He's just a crazy athlete. He really gets after it. Burton getting to the rim at will. Like it was really, it was really fun. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of better players on the team. And I like Burton and Diallo a lot. Uh, but maybe if TLC is really bad and he's just lost on defense, can't hit a shot, then maybe they call up Burton and see what he can do or they let Diallo slide in there for a little bit. But beyond that, there's really just not any room. Yeah, I think without an injury, even with the huge influx of youth that they have seemingly got this summer, this is still a veteran team. Yeah. So I, I just don't expect any of these guys to really make a huge dent 
in their first year. That would, that would be insane for, especially for like an undrafted guy or a late second round pick to come in and all of a sudden even get like five to 10 minutes a game would be super impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're playing the long game with these guys. That's why they have them a longer Diallo on a, on a three year deal and then Burton on the two way and they can figure out what they want to do with him going forward. Uh, next question from Crambo zero four two seven. I read recently that Kevin Durant was asked a while back who his favorite NBA player is, and he said that it was Paul George. With all the recent rumors swirling, do you think that this is a, this statement had anything to do with the Thunder acquiring him specifically? Is it possible after this season Durant looks at the Thunder as being just a Kevin Durant away from winning a title? Oh, it's a spicy, spicy question. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't believe that, but I looked it up and it's true. It was from a USA Today article, December fifth, twenty sixteen. Kevin Durant says Paul George is my favorite player in the league. Huh. He said, I've been saying that for a while. He's just so smooth, man. He can do it all. He can pass, he can rebound, defend, shoot the J, post up, handle the ball. He's my favorite player. I Okay, so we can hit the first part of it. The Thunder didn't acquire him because Kevin said that. They acquired him because he was a superstar on the trade market that was available. And it's kind of similar to Schroeder when you talk about, like, well, why did the Thunder get Schroeder? Oh, they really were just searching for him. No, I'll tell you why they got Schroeder. Because they were looking for a trade partner that could help them get a productive player save and save money. And the Hawks were one of the only teams that could match that. And I think that the Hawks probably said, hey, you want Kim Bazemore? Do you want Dennis Schroeder? And the Thunder ended up thinking that Schroeder was the better fit with this team. Uh, they probably liked that they could keep him around for a little bit. And so that's why Schroeder's on the team. It's not because they were just searching and scouring the league for the right guy. It's just opportunity. A lot of these trades are all about opportunity. And so that was what the Paul George deal was for me. It was, it was an opportunity that the Thunder pounced on when it came to be i think that it's good that kevin durant likes paul george i i don't know if i'm ready to go there that kevin is will be ready to jump ship and come to the thunder like the cat mechanics of that are difficult is probably uh too simple (laughs) to say because, I mean, the Thunder, if they got rid of everyone but Paul George and Russell Westbrook, they still probably don't have enough room to bring in Kevin. And so Durant would have to be taking one of the biggest discounts. I mean, it would be DeMarcus Cousins-esque if he came here. And it would it would be absolutely insane. I don't think it's out of the question. I don't think it's something that people should just brush off. I also just don't think it's going to happen, but I think that it's going to be, these rumors are going to continue to heat up. I mean, really, if you're Kevin Durant and you're online every day, checking your mentions, seeing that everyone online, unless you're a Warriors fan, really just doesn't like you all that much. And if you want to remake your image, if you, if he came back to the thunder and took a huge discount and the thunder went on and won the title, in 2019 i mean he'd be i mean i i say he should be sitting on top of the basketball world now just imagine like he really would be i mean the whole nba everybody would be just so excited and thunder fans like he would have his fan base back you know we talk about how he doesn't really have one well he would have it back so, I mean, I think that would be a way to kind of redeem himself. But I think we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I don't think that it's really going to happen, but it's going to continue. Can I, to can I ask about. you some questions about it, though? Yeah. So what? How, how quickly would you or how excited would you be if he did come back? Oh, man. Can you imagine? How I mean, long would it take you? Zero seconds. Zero point zero zero seconds, man. I mean, the, <laughs> the, 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 think about this. I mean, the people that are... Oh, I don't want him to come back. Oh, get, give me a break. You, you do. You really do. I know your feelings are hurt. Whatever. If he came back here, the Thunder would be the title favorites instantly, especially if he does, decided to take a discount. And what have we always wanted? And like we've had chances to win titles in the past. 
and to have a title favorite again, and you're going to say, no, I don't want him because he's a snake. Like, give me a break, man. Like, that's just, I think that's just stupid. Like, what do you, you want to win basketball and, games? And even more important than that, can you imagine the Bill Simmons podcast after he decided to come back to OKC? It would How be, distraught Bill would be. It would be unbelievable. I mean, the Thunder <laughs> would be on top of the basketball world. You don't, you can't honestly sit there listening to our podcast and think, no, I don't really want that. I'd rather just have a chance to go to the conference finals every year. Okay, no. You want to, you want the city to have a parade. You want to win a title. And honestly, if Kevin Durant decided to come back, that's where, what you'd have the chance to do. Because who would... The, the Warriors wouldn't be the best team anymore then. It would be... I mean, if the Thunder were able to keep Steven Adams along with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and Paul George, I mean, that's the best core in the NBA, easily. I just, I just, I just don't think that anyone would deny that. I just think it would be silly. Um, that's not happening. That's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. I don't think it's impossible, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think he is sincerely going to take a look at the Thunder. If he's, I don't know when he's going to be done. Next year, the year after, the year after that, I have no idea when. And maybe he doesn't look at the Thunder that time. I've heard theories that they think that he's going to go to the Knicks and then he'll finish. Like at some point, Kevin Durant will come back to the Thunder. And that's, I don't know. I've, I've heard it from enough people that are smart to think that maybe it really could happen. Now, in that scenario, though, like if he goes to the Knicks first and then he ended up, you know, he finished out his career with OKC. Like, do you really want him taking minutes from Hamadou Diallo at that point, Andrew? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, that's, and it's kind of like a Vince Carter back to the Raptors kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you know, our feelings were hurt back in the day. Time heals all wounds. Come on back and, you know, make some threes, whatever. I don't know. That that one is not quite as interesting or quite as tasty, but whatever. Uh, next question. It's from Russ and PG 13 zero. If the thunder don't come back from a 25 point deficit in game five, would Paul George still be a thunder player? Hmm. That's interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I did think that was an interesting question. I, I do think he probably still ends up with OKC, but I, I mean, I can tell you that game changed my perception of the way the season ended. Like Mm -hmm. I still felt it was really, it was still a super disappointing end to the season, but to get blown out in five games, like in, in game five of this first round series against the jazz. I mean, I was, I was catatonic in like the mid third quarter. I was on my back porch. I remember watching that game. I had kind of, I had it up on my screen, but I wasn't really watching it. Yeah, I was formulating some awesome, just beautiful tweet of mine, you know, (laughs) and uh, I'd given up and I was so angry, but I was like past the point of anger. I was like, I can't even I shouldn't even tweet like mad things right now because it's not worth it for this team. Mm -hmm. This team doesn't even deserve my anger. I was so upset. (laughs) And then and then, of course, it all changed. And at least for one night, you like felt like hey maybe there is still something here and then obviously what happened in game six but i i don't know it was a huge boost for me as a fan so i i'm assuming it was a boost for those players i mean I've, you've heard the stories about like what that locker room was like afterwards oh man um after game five so i was there who knows yeah i was in that locker room oh you room. were partying it was crazy it was one of the craziest nights and it was all because I was eating those hot tamales all night during the second half. I switched from gummy bears to hot tamales. I don't know. There's a, probably a small sector of you that remember that. And I was like, I'm going to, at halftime, I tweeted, well, switching to hot tamales. We're going to see if this works, guys. <laughs> oh, man. I ate so many hot tamales. Uh, but yeah. That, what, was, what was it like? I mean, just being in the building. I mean, everyone is just kind of it's one of those moments where like everyone is freaking out. And even in like up in the media section, we're all just like looking at each other and I'm just like elbowing this guy that's next to me. I don't even know him. He's like, like a scout or something. And I'm just like elbowing him. Like, can you believe this is happening? <laughs> Cause like, you're not going to get up and cheer. <laughs> you're not going to get up and cheer up there, but it's just, 
it was unbelievable. And then in the locker room, I mean, just, I mean, most, most of the time the locker room was pretty chill, but it was, it was intense. I mean, you could feel that they, they, like everyone was kind of exhaling because it did feel like with as bad as Russell was, you know, in those previous games that it felt right. I mean, our podcast was before that game was like, Hey, they should probably trade Russell. Because Paul George didn't come back to this team. Oh yeah, remember that? That was the famous blow it up pod. Yeah, we just uh, we we talked about it, and it was. I think that there's a sincere possibility that things just go that sour. And the game six wasn't great, but at least they were competing. And I don't know. Yeah, it, losing in round one was never a part of the plans with that team. But I think that if they had lost in five. I mean, it would have been such a disaster. It would have it would have really been bad. I think it's a good question. I don't know that things would have just completely imploded, but man, I mean, as a Thunder fan and as somebody at the games and watching them, I mean, it was really bad. It was really really bad. It would have it wouldn't have been as bad as losing Game Six in the 2016 Western Conference Finals because the feeling after that was awful. I was in the building for that one too, and it was just so bad. But that one, it, it would have had a similar feeling because after that game, you kind of felt like, man, that could have been Kevin Durant's last game and the Chesapeake Energy Arena as a Thunder player. And I think everyone would have walked out that night saying, well, you know, we tried with Paul George, but he's he's gone now too. And so I, I think that that did kind of save at least the mood of the fan base, whether who'd have left or not, I'm not sure, but I think that at least was just good for the fan base period. Uh, turbo tastic asks prediction on if Alex Abrinas is extended in October or not. And if so, how long or how much? I don't know. After listening to the low post, they were, they were both kind of down on him. It seemed. Um, yeah. So now, I, I don't know. I, he's one of those players that I've always just had like a blind loyalty to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the idea of Alex Sabrinas in my head has always been greater than what's on the court. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it kind of goes back to that minutes thing. Like if they think one of these young guys is going to be filling a role, a, a serious role on this roster soon, unless you can get Alex Sabrinas super cheap, which I'm sure there's other teams that would find a use for him um, after next year. I, I don't know. I don't think it happens. Yeah, I think that they probably offer him something like three years, 14 or 15 million, and just see if he takes it. And if he takes it, I think yeah. they probably do it. Because he was really important to them in the playoffs. I think that he hit, he hit some big-time shots. And he played some really good defense. He didn't shoot the ball all that well. He did. Sh- he shot forty percent from three in the playoffs on on twenty attempts, which is not a ton, but still. I mean, I I don't know. I think that this team, the, sh- the shooting is is important. They need more shooting around Russell Westbrook. And Abrinas is a guy that Russell trusts. And I think he improved a lot on the defensive end as the year went along. And I think it will be a battle between he and Ferguson for minutes. Uh, in training camp and it may just depend on training camp because I mean, you'll have to remember like if we are talking about him being extended in October, they have preseason games starting October 3rd. So they're going to have a chance to really get a look at him and get a look at this team and get a look at the fit before they even can offer him the extension. And so if he has decidedly won like the backup shooting guard position, I think there's a chance that they just say, hey, Alex, will you take this? And and maybe if anything, just to hang on to the asset and just to hang on to a shooter because a, a, a shooting guard that can come off your bench or even start on a certain level of a team or he could be your fifth starter or whatever in the right situation, that's that has value still. And so maybe some team throws you uh, a good second round pick for him once you have him on that contract. And so it may just be a asset deal where, yeah, maybe he doesn't fit, but if we give him the extension, he accepted it. Wonderful. Stick around for a little bit. And maybe we can throw you in a trade as a sweetener some point down the line, rather than just losing you in free agency next year. So 
And who knows, he may not even, you know, get that much. He may not be worth that kind of contract. I think that's a possibility. I'm a believer too. I thought he was awesome in the playoffs. I thought he defended Donovan Mitchell just about as good as anybody else on the team. And so I think that he, he does deserve some credit for that. I know Zach Lowe is a little down on him, but I still think that he, he can play. And if he's given the chance, and he may not be, Ferguson may beat him out. I know Ferguson did not have a good summer league. I'm well aware of that fact. I watched him. He sucked. It wasn't good. Uh, but he did do the little things in summer league that like play defense, and I feel like he was in the right spot there. And he's just going to be a play finisher as the two guard for the Thunder. So I think that he has a sincere shot to make the roster, and I think that Billy's always leaned Ferguson in that. I think he did all last season for the most part until we got to the playoffs. So we'll see. But I, I think that Abrinas is is definitely worth a look at you know three three years at the fourteen to sixteen million range. So we'll see. Uh okay, see Jim one. Will Felton be in the rotation? If so, what does he do better than our wing prospects? Defense, shooting, and then predict minutes and stats for key players. We've kind of already done that, but we can talk. We haven't talked Felton all that much. Yeah, I mean, I think what he does better than our wing prospects is that he's played in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, even though we liked some of these players in the summer league, to expect them to come in and just be stable, like just to, I mean, for all of Felton's flaws, he's at least very predictable and he does have a level of stability to him. You kind of know what you're getting every time he goes out there on the court. Um, with these young guys, you just don't know yet. We, we've never seen them against top NBA talent mm-hmm. um, game after game. So I think he, he is still going to be in the rotation. He's going to be the third point guard. He'll probably play less minutes than he did last year. But, you know, if he, he's, a, he's a great insurance piece if Schroeder gets injured or if one of the shooting guards gets injured. Um, so I still think he has a role on this team. I, I, I'm still glad that they brought him back. Yeah, I think he plays. I I think that he, if Ferguson or Brinos or Diallo just aren't ready, I think that he steals minutes from them instantly. Because I think that he can at least give effort on defense, and he shot the ball really well last year. And he can guard a lot of twos in the NBA, too, just because he's got the thickness factor. So I, don't, I, I think he'll play he's obviously not as athletic or a guy that can get on the break. And maybe that's what hinders him from playing minutes is that he does not play a fast brand of basketball. I mean, the dude pounds the ball into the court and surveys and then jacks a really bad jumper. He does that a lot. He's not going to have the ball in his hands as much, especially if he's playing alongside Dennis Schroeder. So if he can adapt to playing an off ball role and a guy that can hit a three and attack a closeout, and that's what he does. I think that's a really good role for him. But if the team continues to want to play fast, I think that that favors Ferguson, it favors Diallo, it favors TLC. And so maybe you could see him being squeezed in that way. But if the Thunder are looking for shooting and just a reliable guy, I think that you'll see uh, you'll see Felton play. And we all know with Billy Donovan, we're going to see tons of iterations of this team. It's going to be your core guys. I don't think you'll see much fluctuation between Russell Schroeder, Robertson, Paul George, Grant Patterson and Adams. I think that all those guys minutes will stay pretty consistent. But then when it comes to Felton or Ferguson or Brinus, Diallo, TLC and Noel, that you're going to see a lot of variation throughout the season just because those guys will be inconsistent period. And so I think that you'll see a lot of variation within those guys. Uh, next question. We're going to try to kind of rapid fire. I need to be done here pretty soon from squilly 50. This is for Alex. Is Big Pedialyte lying to us about Pedialyte Advanced Care Plus having 33% more electrolytes than regular Pedialyte to make us pay more? Are electrolytes even quantifiable? How does one count an electrolyte? Wow, great question. Exposing the truth. That's what Reddit's great for, you know? <laughs> where all the conspiracies originate on Reddit. Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually had Pedialyte advanced care. I did buy six quarts of Pedialyte in the last week. Wow. Cause my wife got E. Coli. Oh, shout no. out to E. Coli. <laughs> yeah, That's it was awful. bad. That is really uh, bad. It's so expensive, Andrew. I paid seven fifty per quart. Wow. So 
I had to devote a lot of my paycheck to Pedialyte. <laughs> I need to learn how to make my own because it's so expensive. Did you count the electrolytes? Uh, no, no, no. I think those are made up. I think they make them up. I just buy it for the taste, Andrew. Okay. I like the unflavored Pedialyte. <laughs> uh, a question for me, which will be higher this season, your mutes per Friday show, MPFS, or Nerland's Noel's points per game. <clears throat> Well, I sure hope that it's Nerland's Noel's points per game. Just, I'll just say that. And I'm working on the other part of it. Uh, okay, next one is from at Booger Pickin 555. Does the Thunder need to make one more move? Are they best sticking with players they have and seeing how it unfolds? Well, going back to the low post, they were bringing up Houston and the idea that Houston is probably going to get another wing player mm-hmm. and they threw around Kent Bazemore and uh, J.R. Smith. They threw around J.R. Smith's name. Oh, gosh. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't hate it if the Thunder made another move. I, but I feel like what's left out there is just these no defense shooting guards which I just don't know if there's a really a role for them right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that we need shooting, but I just don't know how many minutes you can play those guys. Yeah. I think this kind of goes with uh Grohl Gar's question. Have the Thunder picked up too many upside young guys instead of finding any more reliable veteran wings? It seems the Thunder have often been a reliable wing away. I think it's a really good point because what if Ferguson can't play? What if Abrinas can't? And certainly I don't expect Diallo to be ready. You know, then we're going to be in the playoffs relying on Ray Felton again. Then it's like the Derek Fisher situation all over again, right? Where you have a guy that's kind of steal minutes at the two, but is definitely too small. They're going to expose him in ways. I mean, it's just, it's not a great deja vu to have because I think that that's a sincere possibility. And I, I think it's a good point. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they've got a lot of bites at the apple here. You've got Abdul Nader as a guy we haven't even mentioned yet that could, and and maybe one of them works out. They've they've got a lot more than they have had in the past. Usually, we're talking about two guys. And if those two guys don't work out, well, now nah, you're kind of screwed. But now they've got five, and so realistically six if you're counting Burton. And so maybe one of them works out, and as as possible that none of them do. But it's it's also when talking about getting a reliable wing, man, it's it's hard to find a reliable wing. Ask Houston. I mean, who they th- who's a reliable wing on their roster right now? I mean, I just don't know that they have. Yeah, because if you look at free, if you look at free agents, like some people were saying online, like David Nwaba, which I'm totally into him, but that's another non-shooter that you're bringing in. So it's yeah. like you either have to go get one of these young non-shooters, which is basically what they've been collecting all summer, mm-hmm. or you have to get one of these old, pure shooting guards that don't play any defense. And those are really your only options right now. Mm-hmm. I don't even know, like, what what would you add? Like, what would be your ideal, realistic add at this point? I don't know. I think anybody, is there that, anything? anybody that you could get, I think, is a risk. Because, like, these established guys these established wings, they just don't get traded. You know? I mean, Bazemore is about... I mean, you have to look at bad teams, right? And who are these bad teams that are going to get rid of their good players? Kim Bazemore is like the only guy you can really think of. Because the other bad teams, like maybe maybe Wes Matthews could be had, but he makes a ton of money. And to get enough money together to make something like that happen would not be easy for OKC. Maybe Abrinas and Felton and maybe Patrick Patterson and that's you're you're getting closer but like do you want to give up all three of those guys because you probably have to and then does Dallas really want to do that I don't know maybe he gets bought up maybe it's the buyout market because and one thing everyone's like well why don't the Thunder use their MLE they could use their MLE at the deadline uh, whenever somebody gets bought out people talking about Damari Carroll people have mentioned Wes Matthews has guys that could be bought out if their situations aren't good. People have mentioned Trevor Ariza. If the Suns deal doesn't work out and they want to play their youngsters down the end of the year, 
So there could be some good players bought out. Usually those type of guys don't get bought out. They finish the year and then they go into free agency. So I, I have, I'm pretty skeptical about that. I've heard some Rockets people mention all three of those guys and mention Ariza, which is just kind of funny that they think that he'll get bought out and come back and they can just add him on to, I just, I don't see that happening. You know, the Suns in the past have really, they've held on to their vets and let them play out the year and they, they signed Ariza for a reason. It's, to try to help develop these guys. And I just don't see them jumping ship at the last minute with him for that. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know who that guy is. And the only on the buyout market is like about the only thing I can think of. That's actually realistic. Yeah. Cause the only guy that like, I know some people would be able to talk themselves into would be Rodney hood, but he's restricted. So it's not yeah. even like you could, get him on like a New Orleans Noel make good deal and bring him in. Like it's, there's just not a lot out there. Yeah. And another skinny guy that could probably is really just a two. And you've got too many of those guys already. Ferguson, Abrinas, Diallo. And he's better than all those guys. Admittedly, I think he's better, but I just don't, he's also inconsistent and probably wants a bigger role than the Thunder can offer him. And he wasn't exactly a choir boy with a really good Cavs team. So I just, I, I don't see the fit in many ways with that one. Uh, let's fire through a few of these. This is from at Hamish underscore McLaren. Who will average more points next season, Shooter, Adams, or Grant? I think it's Dennis. Uh, yeah, I'll go Shooter. I bet he averages in the 14 to 15 range. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh Trade deadline deal. This is from at TurboTastic again. Trade deadline deal. Ariza for Schroeder. Who says no? You know, somebody, I thought somebody had a good comment afterwards, which I think is like the, the classic OKC fan response, which is that like Schroeder's, they said, I think they said like Schroeder's way better mm-hmm. and he's way younger. On the one hand, like Ariza is like the perfect player that OKC has been looking for forever that plays defense, is a wing player. He can play, you know, not elite Robertson level defense, but he can play really good defense and he can hit threes. Mm -hmm. And yet you bring him in and let's say you replace Schroeder with him directly. Now, all of a sudden you just have, you just lost another creator. You just lost another guy who can actually like move the ball really well. And then I don't, I, I feel like then you're back to almost like 2016, the thunder again. I don't know. Yeah. And then I feel like the thunder actually have like a decent five. They could put out during crunch time now, whether that's Schroeder or Robertson at the two next to Russell, but then you have Paul George grant and Adams and you could sub two pad in there if you wanted to for grant. I feel like that's a, that's a good five. And I think that a reason maybe makes that a little bit better, but still the biggest problem the thunder have had, in my opinion, has been Russell being off the court. That's been their biggest problem. When Russell's off the court, things go badly. If the thunder had a good backup point guard against the Rockets a couple of years ago, they probably take him to seven, maybe even win the series. I mean, it was a closer, it was a close series and they stunk when Russell was off the court. That's what happened. And so the Thunder were terrible last year with Russell off the court. So I think that this, this will remedy that it should remedy that problem. If it doesn't, then the Thunder are kind of screwed. But I think that, I think there's a, yeah, especially in the regular season, you really don't want to do that. Come playoff time. I kind of get wanting a Riza, which maybe maybe that's what matters. Yeah. Right. I think I said 2016. Okay. See, I meant 2017, but, uh, yeah, with Ariza, I think you'd have a better like closing lineup. Like you could have a massive lineup with Russ, PG, Ariza, Patterson or Grant, and then Adams. Like that would be a really just like long, huge lineup. Mm -hmm. I would love that. Mm -hmm. But with Schroeder in the mix, you have a, you just have a deeper team. Yeah, it's 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 going to be deeper. There's more there's more lineup combinations possible. Yeah, and they're just more dynamic than they have been in the past. Uh, let's see. This is from at a one a four o u. ESPN recently had an article about how teams appear to be preempting the supermax deal but getting rid of top players before the cap crushing deal arrives. In the article, Lowe cites Westbrook's knee surgeries and 
in saying that the Thunder may regret the giant cap hit by the end of the Supermax deal. His question is, will the NBA revenues continue to grow to cause it to never be a concern? Or will the Thunder need to restructure his contract before its $50 million end due to Cap's concerns? So I was kind of dubious of the idea that the cap's just going to keep climbing, specifically related to the gambling thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see the thing today with the NBA and MGM Resort, mm-hmm. like signing the deal together. I don't. I just. I still have no concept for how much money that would actually bring in for the league, mm-hmm. and how much it would affect the salary cap directly. Um, uh, because other than outside of that, I mean, people are talking about that the next TV deal might actually be like in line with the last one, or even a little bit less. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think we're going to have another 2016 cap jump, at least in the in the near future. So it probably will become an issue with Westbrook. Um, but, I, you know, at, at this point, Westbrook feels like a lifer for OKC. So yeah. I don't think the Thunder really care. It only becomes an issue if he's not good. Right. Or if he's not happy and he is wanting out. Yeah. Those are the only instances that it that it matters. And so if he's not any good in three years, then yeah, it's going to be a tough one uh, to be like Kobe Bryant, you know, ending his career with the Lakers. And that's just, it just is what it is. And so they're not going to restructure the deal. The Thunder, it's such I think about the PR hit. The Thunder would take be like, yeah, we got to get Russell to take less money. And you think Russell's going to be like, Hey man, like listen to, look what all I've done for this franchise. I am this franchise. I committed to you. I stay Thunder are not restructuring the deal. That's just, that is not even on the table. Um, so the Thunder uh, at, at some point, this run is going to come to an end. It is going to happen. And so it's going to end with Russell at some point. And so it may happen. I hope it's not in the next three years. It's certainly possible. Uh, and it, could be when he's still on this contract for the next four years, or he could play really well into his mid thirties. And then we're talking about the next deal for Russell. And that's the one where you're like, I have, (laughs) I have no clue what that's going to look like. Is it going to be, cause I mean, I think you can really ask that question with Chris Paul right now. You know, what does that deal look like in two years for the Rockets? And that one could be really bad for them. Uh, Russell still remains to be seen because, you know, Russell has had, pretty decent health recently and Chris Paul just hasn't. And I think that's the one you can kind of question a little bit more. Okay. Last one. This is from at Gary on, uh, Alex, how many people have taken how, how many people have taken Alex up on his come to Portland for beer offer? Uh, zero so far, except Robbie Bennett did come out to Portland and I met him at a bar, but I didn't buy his beer. I don't think I did. But we had a beer together. And we watched we watched the Thunder play a basketball game, and our wives met, and it was very sweet. <laughs> and so anyone who else, anyone else who wants to come out to Portland, uh, uh, big big dust, big dust from Tree and Leaf Clothing is coming out this week. Oh yeah. Uh, so anyone anyone could come out. I'll buy you multiple beers. <laughs> you just can't stay at my house. <laughs> yeah, Robbie's great. Obviously, Dusty's great too. We know Dusty. Dusty, shout out to Dusty. If you uh, like our Down to Dunk logo, even at all, he's the one who made it. He's awesome. Uh, any live? He, he uh, okay. Go I, ahead. He just called me. He called me right before we started, and he told me he picked up another two hitchhikers today. Oh my goodness! So really excited. He's he's driving my car out from <laughs> Oklahoma City. It's terrifying. Um, any live pods planned for the regular season? We don't have anything planned yet. Um, but we'll, we'll do some live pods. I've been talking with, with multiple people about this happening. So we'll for sure do something preseason. We'll do something. We'll do something around the trade deadline again. Um, this person says it might come in January to see a game. Yeah. We plan on doing some live stuff. Uh, definitely. That's been great. It's been super fun. We appreciate anybody that's <clears throat> ever come out to see us live. It's a very, Strange experience for us, but it's been awesome. Uh, question four is when is Andrew going to have a female baby human child? Uh, I don't know. Um, that's a great question. I'm having a, a boy uh, very, very soon. What's his name? 
uh, I don't want to reveal that on the pod. Have you revealed it yet? Not on the pod. Oh, but um, so we're having a baby boy here pretty quick. So it's very exciting. So I now I will, Andrew, I will, I will not. I will, I will just say this: I won't be on the fry pod. So just be ready for that, whatever that means for all of your ears. But okay, question: uh, What are your other two sons' names? Asher and Archie. And what is my name, Andrew? Alex. How many boys are you going to have to have before you name one Alex? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's the fourth one. The maybe, fourth one. Okay. Maybe it's the fourth one. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's a great question. You know, it's a great girl's name too. Great girl's name too. It could work for girls. <laughs> oh, thanks for listening to our podcast today. Follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me. At Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Continue to leave us five-star iTunes reviews. If you want to give uh, my wife and I a nice little baby present, a uh, five-star iTunes review is definitely good for that. Also, go check out the press. It's amazing. Great food. Great place. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday. And I won't talk to you on Friday, but Jay, Luke, and Taylor will be there for you to talk thunder and answer your questions so uh hope you guys have a great weekend and i will talk to you guys again on monday